Okay, let's get into our discussion of Sefer Shmos and Parsha Shmos, Tav, Shin, Pei, Aleph, as we um, start off a new world, the world of Sefer HaGolus V'Hagaula, as the Ramban calls it, the Sefer that starts off with Pidei Yisrael on the bottom, and going all the way to Vayaka Pekude, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence rests in the Shechina. It's the first week we're not going to focus on. Those here who live in Beit Shemesh will have a Shir Vesh and this Shabbos. We'll talk about the concept of Shovavim a little bit. These weeks of Kedusha um, from the Arizal, the uh, next uh, six weeks, Shmos, Ve'er, Bobashach, Yisro, Mishpatim. But uh, Shmos, jam-packed, and we'll start off with the Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha. The Medrash tells us, Ve'ele Shmos B'nei Yisrael. Al Shem Geulas Yisrael Nizkrukan. A fascinating Medrash. The Medrash says, the names of B'nai Yisrael that are listed here, the Shvatim, they are names that relate to Geula. Geulas Yisrael. Ruvain, Shenemar. Right, we know Ruvain, why Ruvain was named Ruvain back in Vayetze. But here we have Shenemar, Ra'o Ra'isi Asani Ami. Hashem says, I saw the, the oppression of my nation. Shimon, Hashem heard our cries. Levi, Levi, accompaniment. Hashem accompanied us uh, in our tsara, in the burning bush. That's the sne. Hashem is in the lowly bush. This is pretty unusual. The shvatim all relating to something to do with the geula. Yisachar, Shinasalan Kadashbarahu, Schar Shibudam, Bizas Mitzrayim. Yisachar, we were paid, we got the Schar, the Shiba, the Biza, the spoils of Mitzrayim. Lakai Mashanamar to fulfill what it says in the Brisbane of Basarm, Achrechen Yitzu Berchush Gado. And it goes through every Shevet. Zvolun, ain't Zvolun Elabes Hamikdosh, Bezvol, Binyamin, Yemincha, Hashem, Nadar Bakoach, Da, Naftali, look at Naftali, Al Shem Torah U Mitzvos. Naftali is Torah and Mitzvahs. How is Naftali Torah and Mitzvahs? Because it says about Torah, Misukim Midvash Vinofes Tsufim. Nofes Tsufim, a, a honey, a honeycomb. So Naftali, a little, is related to that word. I guess that one is a little, a little trickier for the Medrash. God Al Shem Amon. The Mon, which is part of our Geula. That relates to Mon, right? Kizra God. Asher Shema Ashrin also. All the Psukim. All the psukim relating to Geula. And the question already is, this is the beginning of the Galus. Right? Why, why do we have the names? The first Pasuk in Shmos, Ve'elu Shmos B'nei Yisrael, <laughs> and it's related to Geula. What exactly is the Medrash? Why is there an allusion to Geula right here? So says the Argedalia, or Gedalia Shor, and a Sefer on Shmos, right here, a major thesis. Major thesis about this Parsha, and really this Sefer and our whole experience of um, of Sheba Mitzrayim, which is starting right now. Really, it started in Parshas Vayeshev when Yosef went down, but now it starts in terms of the nation. First of all, the Argadiah says, we have an answer to a question of we already had these names listed in Vayigash. Why are the names listed again here? We already know the Shvatim that went down. We know that from Vayigash Vayechi. Those were Golas Shvatim. Those were the Shvatim that went down to Golas. These names are listed because this is the, the roots of Geula, as the, as the Medrash describes. Right, 
What's the, what's the, what does it mean, Alshema Geula? The Gaul, the Gaul, the Gaulus is starting. Why is it Geula? again, what he says, some of it is obvious, but this is the way he says it. Hine inyin Gaulus Mitzrayim Vishibudo Hayakur Habarzel. Gaulus Mitzrayim, as we know, is called by Chazal and by the Torah, the Kur Habarzel. It was a refining pot. What was the purpose of Gaulus? Remember, the Gaulus was forecast even before before we went into the Gaulus. Before we were anything. To Avram Avinu, you're going to have descendants who are going to go into Gaulus. Obviously, Gaulus wasn't just a punishment. right? We say it was a punishment for the brothers. It was all forecast beforehand. It was obviously part of the creation of Am Yisrael. Part of the creation. There are many discussions about why we needed this experience at the beginning of our of our nationhood or before we became a nation. But what was it? To cleanse us. Maybe to make us always recognize what it feels like to be downtrodden. What it feels like to be oppressed. So we always take um, make sure that those oppressed around us are not. The problem was when we went into Mitzrayim, it was so hard. Not just physically, spiritually to, to retain our identity in the Ervas Haaretz that was Mitzrayim. How was it? It was only if we, if we retained some backbone that was strong enough to withstand all the temptations and the difficulties. We had to. Right, as we know, right, Chazal tell us, we were at the last very second, the 49th level of Tumah, right, that's a language from the Zohar and Pasha's Yisro, the 49th level of Tumah, another second, forget it, we wouldn't have been redeemed. What do you mean we wouldn't have been redeemed? Hashem promised we would have been redeemed, but it would have been a new creation. It wouldn't have been a Hemshech from Avram Avinu. Avo Kamo line 24. Kamo Bizriya im Azera Ma'abi Kochos of Legamre, Vinirkav Legamre, Azimba Kocho Latzmiach. If the seed totally gets destroyed and implodes, then it can't grow into anything. Kenu Bizriya Ruchanit Shebagalus, Shafshi Yardil Tochachachus, Agado Shalagalus, Hanakuda Shalahem, Lohaisi Cholali Batel. We needed to retain something. We needed to retain something to retain our identity. And that's why in the top left, what we just said, we had to go out very quickly to Chippazon, because another second we would have reached the Sharach HaMishim, then it wouldn't have been Geula, it would have been Bria. It would have been a new creation. And that's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. We wouldn't have been connected to the Avos. Part one. We almost disappeared, but we retained it. Says the Argadalia now. Now, again, I'm not going to read the whole thing. We went down as individuals. We came out as a nation. Turn the page for a minute. That's what is meant by the Shvatim going down. On the next page, on line 6. Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, all these names connected to the Geula. What does that mean? When we went down, every Shevet symbolized a certain Koach. The Koach of Tefillah, the Koach of Hashem seeing you, the, of a, the Koach Levi of HaKadosh Baruch Hu being with you. But it all represented a koach that the Shvatim had. Bottom right now. 
And the Argadaya continues and says now on the bottom right that every name of every Shevet symbolized something as they went down to Mitzrayim. Those were the kohos that helped them survive throughout. Hashem didn't let us go into Mitzrayim without any backbone, as I said before, a spiritual backbone. The Shvatim instilled, put into the DNA. On the bottom right, These were the kochos that were put into us. And this was the only way that we survived, by going into the gullus with the kochos that each of the Shvatim, each of the Shvatim gave us. And he says, this is a deeper idea to what it says, we know Chazal tell us, not just their names, but they didn't change the messages and the values of those names. Now on the top left, right, the measure says, Ruvain was called Ruvain, right, Shimon was called Shimon, but at a deeper level, Yishod Kavana Amuka line ten, Shashmama Mora Al Elo Akochos, Shahayulahem, Zelo Avdu Besochagalos, this power, Belonevda Hanakuda Besochumas Mitzrayim, it wasn't lost deep inside of them. And that's the the tsarist and the difficulties obviously was for our benefit, but it was only because we have these values that were put into us by the Shvatim, and that's what the Gemara says about Abbasar, Gimiri Shlokala Shifta. These kochos of the Shvatim stay with us forever, and we still have them, right? We know that there's a minhag of having 12 windows uh, on the Mizrach of a, of a uh, shul, those that are on the west of Eretz Yisrael, I guess on the Tzafon of shuls in, in South Africa, wherever it is, wherever you're davening, because every shevet has their window on Shemayim, because every shevet has their unique kochos, and all of those kochos were given to us, as we learned last week. All the Shvatim were nechlat together, and that's what helped Kal Yisrael survive through the... Through the uh, through the Gaulus. okay, and he says a lot more, but um, we'll leave that for for now. Okay, moving right along, another general idea relating to this parsha. This is from uh, Rabbi Sachs in his Sefer on Leadership, where he mentions if you think about this week's parsha, right, the first word, the first topic that we might think of, leadership. Ah, right, Rabbi Sachs, the whole Sefer is about leadership, every parsha, but this is. The roots of the greatest leader that we've ever had. Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu. This is him. Moshe Rabbeinu was born. Moshe Rabbeinu, as we know, you know, didn't stand idly by. And all three fights that he saw happening between the Jew and the non-Jew and the Jew and the Jew and the non-Jew and the non-Jew. Right, many Mepharshim talk about that. So he was, he was able to, to go out and show his worth and, and the medrash that he went to get the, the little, the little sheep that, that ran away and that was thirsty and he put it on its back. So it's about the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's true, the beginnings. But Rabbi Sachs says also, that's what he says at the beginning, he intervenes, he acts, the mark of a true leader. He intervenes three times. But this is only the surface. This parsha is also about six women who were leaders in their own right. And without them, there would never have been a Moshe Rabbeinu. And each one of them deserves attention. But when you talk about leadership, this week's Parsha is about leadership, is about the maternal leadership at the beginning of our Am. If you turn the page, let's think of the six. Some of them are shoot out at us, and some of them we have to think about. First is Yocheved. Yocheved, the wife of Amram, the mother of Moshe and Aaron and Miriam. It was Yocheved 
who at the height of Egyptian persecution had the courage to have a child. Hide him for three months. Devise a plan if he's being rescued. We know all too little of Yocheved. In her first appearance in the Torah, she is unnamed. Shifra and Pua. Yet reading the narrative, we're left in no doubt of her bravery and resourcefulness. Not by accident. It just so happens that she had Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. What a coincidence that three of the greatest personalities had that mother. Obviously, she did something. Obviously, she has a lot of credit there. But again, most of this leadership, maybe it's the message of Kol Kvuda Bas Melech Penima, that if you look at the story, it doesn't jump out at you as much as the Moshe Rabbeinu leader. But Yocheved is the first leader. And we continue, of course, Moshe's sister. Miriam, Miriam, who was a, a Nevi'ah, when she was about four years old, five years old, right before Moshe was born, she was already prophesizing, as the Gemara and Sota tells us. So Miriam, it was she who kept watch over the child as the Teva floated down the river. It was she who approached Paro's daughter with a suggestion that he be nursed amongst his own people. Right, this is Miriam of unusual fearlessness and presence of mind. Right, the Medrash tells us, remember, that Amram really had divorced his wife. Amram and Yechavet had separated. Why should we have more kids? We'll have to throw them into the river. And Miriam stands up and gives her parents Musar and says, you're worse than Paro. Paro's only getting rid of the boys. You're getting rid of the boys and the girls. And they listen to her. And they say, you're right. And when the Moshe was born and the, and the, and the house lit up with light, right? Amram says, Miriam, on is Kayim Nebuah she says, you're going to have a leader. And then when he was put into the river, he says, gives her a little patch on the cheek. What happened to your nevuah? But Miriam had faith. And Miriam went to, to stand next to the reeds and to make sure that everything was okay. Miriam was a leader. So we have Yocheved, we have Miriam. And next we have Shifra and Pua. Shifra and Pua. So okay, according to Chazal, two different days in the Gemara, was this... Um, Yocheved and Miriam, or not. There's another day in the Gemara and Sota. But either way, for our purposes, let's call them Shifra and Pua. Midwives who disobeyed the decree of the Pharaoh. Told to kill the male Israelite children at birth. They feared HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Summoned and accused of disobedience. They outwitted Paro by constructing an ingenious cover story. They give birth very quickly. Right? This is... Fascinating, it's only classic Rabbi Sachs line. The significance of this story is that it is the first recorded instance of one of Judaism's greatest contribution to civilization. The idea that there are moral limits to power. Just because someone's in power doesn't mean they're right. And doesn't mean I have to listen to them. There are instructions that should not be obeyed. There are crimes against humanity that cannot be excused by the claim I was only obeying orders. Called civil disobedience, v'chulu, its true origin lies thousands of years earlier. Shifra and Pua, their understated courage, they earned a place among the moral heroes of history. So we have Yocheved, we have Miriam, we have Shifra and Pua, maybe there's an overlap. But now we have another woman, Sipporah. Second half of the parsha, Tzipora was a Midianite. What happened? She, yeah, I'll become Jewish. I'll go with Moshe to the to the Hebrews in Egypt. Sure, they knew how downtrodden. What's she doing? She was nonetheless determined to accompany Moshe on his mission to Egypt. She was ready to go back. And on the way back, we know the story. 
Moshe the Brismila. It's a mysterious story, but she saved the day. She did something. It was Sipora that did something. Did she do the Brismila? But she was a crucial figure coming into Moshe's life and being able at that moment to save Moshe's life. And then finally, Basparo. Basparo herself, the most intriguing of them all. It was she who had the courage to rescue a Jewish child and bring him up as her own in the very palace where her father was plotting the destruction of the people. In there, in the palace, can we imagine a daughter of Hitler, Eichmann, or Stalin doing the same? Yamach Shemam. There is something at once heroic and gracious about this lightly sketched figure, the woman who gave Moshe his name. The Torah doesn't even say her name. Right? Then Divrayamim it mentions Bisya. Some people say Basya. Most people say Basya, but in the in the in the uh, Psukim it's Bisya. Basya. The daughter of Akadish Hu. Right? And the Medrash even tells us Akadish Hu says to her, Moshe's not your son, yet you called him your son. You're not my daughter, but I'll call you my daughter. And that's where Batya comes from. Um and this is the leader, the final leader in the Parsha. So on the surface, as we turn the page, the Parsha is about the initiation into leadership of one remarkable man, about Moshe Rabbeinu. But just beneath the surface is a counter-narrative of the six extraordinary women without whom there wouldn't have been a Moshe. There wouldn't have been a Moshe. And this, they take their place amongst the Jewish tradition of Dvorah Rus Esther, and the more modern women, Lulu says the Rabbi Sachs, we have to recognize they didn't hold any official position, but they were leaders because they had courage, courage, and they had conscience, and they're, insp- they're an inspiration even today. Okay, so these are two general thoughts. Let's get into the Sukkim themselves. So we have a Melechadash, the hard work starts. And Lamyaldos Ivrios, as we just discussed, <laughs> the uh, plan to just get rid of the Jews. And now we have Perak Bays. Perak Bays, I'm sorry, before we get to Perak Bays, there's one thought on Perak Aleph. What happens by Avida Ben Israel is very strong. Before hard work, by Yamaru es Chayehem, Bavodakasha. They made their work very bitter. By Yamaru es Chayehem. Sorry, part of this source was, uh, <coughs> I had to put sideways to fit onto the sheet. Just worked out that way. But either way, um, Rav Nevenza. Rav Nevenzal quotes a Zohar on Vayamaru es Chayehem. The Pashtus of Vayamaru es Chayehem is they made their lives bitter, as we know, and that's definitely the Pashtus. Hard work. But the Zohar has a different shot, which requires elaboration. Vayamaru es Chayehem bavode kasha. What's kasha? Zekusha. Those are questions in Torah. Bechomer, Chomer or Kalva Chomers. Bilavenim, Levenim for the word love, Libun Halacha. Like making things clear. Avoda Basade, that's work. Work in the Sade, in the Bryces that are in the field, they're left out of the Mishnah. What is the Zohar talking about? It's a game in Torah. That's hard work. As if Nevenzel says, what? They, they, they ask, they, they, they talk to the Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, I show them Rambam Tamua. 
They had a Shvera Rambam that they, that they asked him and the Jews had to stay up all night trying to figure out the answer to the Rambam. What's the Pshat? Or at least, what's the Pshat of the Zohar? What's the interpretation? I don't know if there's Pshat of Zohar. What is the idea that the Zohar is trying to, uh, to give us? Says Reb Nevenzal. Li Avram Avinu Nomar Brisbane Abbasarim. To Avram Avinu, it was said in Brisbane Abbasarim, no details. Yadoa Teda Kigeri Azaracha Baris Olahem. You're going to be in a strange land and it's going to be difficult for a couple hundred years. As many nevuos in Tanakh, they're left open for interpretation. Purposely, maybe, because the interpretations partially will depend on what we do and how we act. But here it says, they'll be in a strange land for 400 years. There'll be a tekufa of avdus. But it doesn't say where, it doesn't say how. Doesn't say how. But it's clear that this is a prerequisite for Eretz Yisrael. Because that's what the Brisbane Abbasarim is about. There's some type of is needed for us to become a nation, and then we will go into Eretz Yisrael, which is the ultimate plan. Right? It's a tnai. And that's why Esav, you know, and Lot, and Lot and all their descendants, it wasn't shy for them to get Eretz Yisrael. So, we come to B'nai Yisrael. Al-Rekazeh, with all this background, says Reb Nebenzal, we can try to understand the Zohar in his creative way. Reb Shemem Bayachoy, Balanos, Al-Koshiyam, Mesor, Lord, Rama'ela. The Rashbi, the author of the Zohar, is coming to answer the following. If the Shibud and the difficulty and the pain and the suffering was a prerequisite to go into Eretz Yisrael, then how did Shevet Levi go in? Right? They didn't experience the Shibud. They didn't have the Inui. Where was their... Okay, they didn't get a specific extra portion. They got, they got 48 cities. They got places to live. Where did the Levium fulfill va'avadim ve'inu osam? The whole nation had to do that. That's what the Zohar is trying to come and answer, suggests Rav Nevenzal. You know how they fulfilled it? Their va'avadim ve'inu osam was a spiritual inui. They had difficulty. They were trying to understand the word of God and the Torah that was passed down from them, the pre-Torah Torah ideas. Right, it was pre-Matan Torah, but the pre-Torah ideas that they learned from Avram, Yisrael, Yaakov, Ephraim, and Menashe, the Shvatim, the later. So Neskaim Hagzera Belimad Torah, Mashaya Efsharieit Zokala Shvatim Bekoach Bovad. Right, they fulfilled, they fulfilled through Talmud Torah. And he asked, let me tell you one thing else: it was four hundred years, or even two hundred and ten, one ninety. But you got to take off a day, no? For a while, they didn't work on Shabbos. So how could that count as a day of Shibud? They had a day of rest until things got worse towards the end of the Shibud. When Moshe Rabbeinu had Tichvat HaAvoda. But all those Shabbosos shouldn't count in the Shibud. No, says Reb Nevenzal. They probably had the same issue that the Leviim had the whole week. They had on Shabbos. Nitan Lomar al-Shara Shvatim B'yemei HaShabbos. Yadua, the Medrash tells us, Shemoche Tzliach Lasig Yisrael Petur Me'avoda B'Shabbosos. Moshe was able to 
receive a tour of MK Nimsa, Shoras Kayim Bavadaminos on Bosam Shabbosos. So where was the Shebat? Elisha Limud Baosan Megillah Shabiyadehem. The Limud was through the scrolls that they learned and through the challenges in the learning Torah that they couldn't figure so it was difficult. They didn't have the Shalvas Hanefesh. They had difficulty because they persevered and worked hard in Torah. It's not always so simple. When, it, when, when one's trying to rack their brain to understand. Achin Limit Torah says Reb Nevenzal. Lemisha Mashkias Kolibo Batorah Yacholios Kashe. Umefarech. It was, it was, it was, uh, very difficult. Well, Pachos me avoda v'chormu v'lovenim. Remember that Medrash Tanchuma in Parshas Noach? Where the Medrash talks about Nasa Benishma versus Kavali Amarkagigis? And the Medrash says that we were ready to accept Torah Sheb Bechsav. That's what we said Nasa Benishma about. But Torah Sheb I forgot the exact Russian. Ava, Aza, only somebody, and it's Koshev, Az, Kamaves. Very strong. Somebody to, to push oneself, to persevere, and be Mashkia, in every detail, every Sivkatan. We don't, we, don't, we think, no, we think not everything is based on Allah. You know that story of somebody who once came, a Shochet once came to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. And Rabbi Salanter said, he said, Rabbi, you know, there's different versions of the story. This is one of the stories. Maybe there's different stories. Rebbe, I think I don't want to be a shochet anymore. You know what? It's a little, it's so much achrayis, you know, so much responsibility to shecht properly, and I don't know, so many halachas. I think I'm just going to go into business. I'm going to go into business. And Rizal Salanta starts laughing. Rizal Salanta says, you think you're going to an easier spot. This five psulei shechita, right? Shehiya, kabal, chalada, Drasa, the five places, there's a couple of laws of shechita. Basically, once you do it, then you know it, you're good to go, as long as you focus. You know how many laws there are in Chosha Mishpat? You know how, much, how many details there are? We don't even realize that there are such halachas. Right, Chosha Mishpat. It's huge. Every single little business deal and ribis and, and everything. So, so it's challenging. Says of Nevenzal, that was our Shibud. That was our Shibud. That's the Zorba Maras But one second, he says now, turning the page. Why are the Egyptians faulted then? Vayimaros Chayeim? What did they do? So it was just hard for us. Why was this called a Shibud? What was their fault? What was their fault then? And what's the answer? We discussed this a little bit in the past as well. Because. The Jew can't learn properly when they're mishubit in the situation that they're in. They still held us in that state. What what great learning can happen on Shabbos if the whole week I'm 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 pushed, backbreaking. When a Jew is in Gullus, it's much more difficult to have the Shabbos and Efesh of learning. Remember what we say every day at the end of the Amida? We dive in for the base Hamigdash, but right in the middle we say Sheibana base Hamigdash b'mir of Yamenu v'sein chalkenu b'sorasecha. What are we davening for the Torah? We have the Torah. The answer is no, we don't. We think we have Torah. But there's so many levels of Torah that we need, that we yearn for, for us to be able to capitalize on. And because they kept us in that jail that was Mitzrayim, they are held accountable as well for the challenge in, in learning. And one final point he has, again, not fully our, our issue now, Turns the page. He talks about how to make the Torah sweeter. Okay, we're not, we're not going to go through it right now, but he talks about 
how to make the Torah sweeter for all of us. He talks about learning certain things and packaging it properly. But feel free to look at the continuation of the Rebbe We're not going to do it in the uh, in the shear in the shear itself. Okay, moving right along. Perik Beis Pasig Yud Aleph. Beis Yud Aleph. So what happens? Moshe Rabbeinu is born. Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned, as we know, obviously, till a little later. But nobody else's name is mentioned either. We mentioned that in the past as well. No name is mentioned before Moshe Rabbeinu. A lot of symbolism to that. A Bas Levi and a Ishmi Bas Levi. Right, we mentioned in the past also the Torah is emphasizing that our greatest leader is born from human parents. Right, emphasizing now like other religions who deny that fact. Vatera Usoki Tovu, he was good. The Gemara has different uh, opinions. Okay, he gets older and he goes out and he sees on the first day. He sees on the first day. He goes out. He sees in its Mitzri hitting an Ish Ivri Mei Echav. Mei Echav. A little unusual. What is that word Mei Echav? He sees an Egyptian hitting a Jewish man Mei Echav. So Pashas, I guess that means from Moshe's brothers. He sees an Ish Mitzri hitting an Ish Ivri from his, from Moshe's brothers. That's the simplest reading of the of the text. If you look in the Paradis Yosef, we don't do enough Paradis Yosef. Paradis Yosef is a lumdish collection um, of uh, of uh, he collects many uh, many achronim from a hundred plus years ago. So he quotes and he quotes from all over. He quotes Hasidish, Misnagdish, He quotes everything. So says the Paradis Yosef here. But told us Yitzchak Kasev Moshe Lo Hayayachol. Linso Shum Avla. So this many Mafarshim say at the beginning, right, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't stand any Avla. Not when a Mitzri is hitting a Jew, not when a Jew is hitting a Jew, not when two to uh Midyanim are fighting with each other. The Gam Yeshlomar. But then he has another shot which really connects to something we discussed last week. The Gam Yeshlomar may echov Musaval Ish Mitzri. It's not going back to Moshe, it's going back to the Ish Mitzri. Right? He sees an Ish Mitzri, Makish Ivri, may echov the Ish Ivri was an ach to the ish mitzri. Ratzalomar, achiv shal mitzri misnaig ba'ach imo. They were getting close. Im Yisrael muvdalim e'umos ha'olam e'en yecholim l'shlopahem. If the Jew, we said last week, the more we keep separate, then the umos ha'olam won't have any power over us. If we're sanctify ourselves, then they won't have any power over us. Right when we start, what we happened last week, we discussed this from the Menachem Tzion and then Tziv on this week's parsha. Right, right when we started going into the whole country, that's when things started getting bad. The Gamamar Agra, the Vilna Gon says that Jews are compared to fire. Fire base Yaakov Laesh, the Pasuk of Avadia. The Umos Olam are compared to water. If you put water in a kettle and you put it on the fire, then everything, Shalom Al Yisrael, they work well together. Right, you have the fire, you have the water, and you have the metal in between, everything's good. If there's no metal in between, then. Below Hevdel, Kliamayim, Govrim, Umechabana Eish. The water comes and extinguishes the fire. And then he quotes from the Gemara Mesechas Brachis, Harok, Kedera, Bachalom, Yitzhapa, If you dream of a pot in a dream, you're dreaming of peace, because a pot keeps the shalom between the water and the, and the, um, and the fire, the chulu. But this is the message that we had last week. When we keep separate, when we don't try to be misarev too much, so then we're safe. Then we're safe. 
V'zeo mashamar v'hagada. That's what we see in Agada. He's going to get back to the pasuk in a second. But this is what we see in Agada. Lagur baritz banu. We originally came to Mitzrayim just to live a little bit. Shlo yara leishtakeya el lagur geirim v'lo ezrachim. But then we blew it, and we were mitchazek. And that's the pshat v'ayar. He sees in Ishmitzri hitting in Ishivri me'echav. Right, the fighting started. It was a problem that we came too close. When we get too close, then we get burned by them. Again, there's the medrash that say all the terrible things that the Mitri was doing, but this is this is the first message that the Paradis Yosef that the Paradis Yosef uh, says. He has another idea, and he suggests that maybe the first two stories are really connected to each other. We know Moshe Rabbeinu went out; he sees the non-Jew hitting the Jew. He's the Jew hitting the Jew. Dustin and Aviram, and then he goes to Midian. So he says, he quotes another sefer here, What does it mean? He went out, the first part of the Basak. He went out, he wanted to see what the, how the Jews were doing. He sees a, a Mitzri hitting a Jew. So he sees, there's no fellow Jew saving. He's like, the Jews are so powerless. He's the first day, he's like, oh, why isn't another Jew saving? They must not be able to. And he sees two Jews fighting. And the Jew says, oh, you're going to kill me like you killed the Mitzri? And he realizes it's not because they're powerless. Why was there nobody to save? They didn't get involved when they should have gotten involved. Maybe they were too connected to the to the Mitzrayim, but they didn't have that love. They didn't have that 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 sense of connection to each other. Doesn't have everyone busy fighting when they wanted to stand up? They stood up. Why didn't anybody stand up yesterday? So that's what Moshe realizes. He says by putting the first two stories together. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu had his doubts. Remember, later on by the snap. Are Bnei Yisrael really deserving to go out? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says they're deserving. They're deserving. Just you have to look beneath the surface. Okay. Moving right along. This week was the Rambam's yard sites. I wanted to quote a Rambam. Chavteves. So the Rambam tells us about Moshe Rabbeinu. Classic Rambam from the Moranavuchim. The Rambam tells us in Paragimel. Here it is, the first vision that Moshe Rabbeinu sees. He sees the call. We've spoken so much about this over the past decade. Plus, so much to say on this Pasuk. Why a snap? What does it mean in Enu call? What's the message? But what happens? Moshe Rabbeinu says, Asura Nova let What's going on here? Moshe does not think that it is a spiritual experience at first. Hashem sees that. He caught Moshe's attention. The first words that Hashem says to him is his name. Moshe, Moshe. He says, don't come so close. Take off your shoes. Where you are is holy. And then he introduces himself. Anochi Elokei Avicha, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. I'm Hashem, I'm God. He introduces himself to Moshe. 
Moshe's reaction, Vayaster Moshe mipanov, ki mehabit elokim. He turns his face away because he is nervous, translate the words, to look at God. He's nervous to look at Hashem. So obviously the Rambam is going to comment on that. Looking at Hashem, and one would even guess the Onkelis, because the Onkelis always takes away anthropomorphism. The Onkelis always says, when it's the hand of God or Hashem going down, he always changes it. What does the Onkelis say here? Moshe hides his face. He is nervous from looking. At the glory, he, he takes, he puts in a word yakara. It's not Hashem. He already, you know, puts something in. It's not Hashem. It, it's the it's the glory. Maybe the the uh, power of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is something that symbolizes. But the Rambam obviously goes the same derech. Says the Rambam here in the Maranavuchim, all the way at the beginning of the Maranavuchim. The Rambam teaches us about words in Tanakh. Da Urei, says the Rambam in Source 13. Kira'a, Vehibit, Vechaza, those three verbs, they all mean see. Ra'a, Hibit, and Chaza, Shloshes, Loshonas, Halalu, Ne'emar, Malri'as, Ha'ayim. They're all used in Tanakh for actual visual seeing. Vehush'alu, Shloshtan, Lahasagas, Hasechel. And they are all also used for a vision of the intellect, a vision inside ourselves. He gives examples. My heart sees. Whenever it says. All of those calls the Hasaga Sichlis, low Reiyas Ayin. Hashem is is invisible. So it's a Reiyas Hasechel. People can only see a body, and Hashem does not have a body. Number one, Hibit, that's us. That's our Pasik. Hibit Ne'emeres Al Ha'abata Be'ein Al Adavar. Habit is used to see actual seeing, right? By Lot's wife. Al Tabidacharecha, Vatabedishomeacharov. Right, she looked, but also Lohibit Aven Biyakov. Moshe Rabenu, right here, Kiare Mehabit El Elokim. He was having a vision. He maybe he saw this the snail was physical, but then all of a sudden he had a vision of Navua. And later on, they even were my bit after him. That also, he quotes our Pasuk on line 27, and Chaza also, so all these three, says the Rambam, they're used uh, literally for actual Re'iyah, but uh, it was, it's also used for um, the spiritual type of Re'iyah. Why did Moshe turn away? Even in the intellectual vision that he had, what made him turn away? Was he just humble? He didn't think he deserved it? So explains the Rambam in the next parak. In parak A, as the Rambam, he doesn't talk about it here, but in Yesodia Torah, remember, Nevuah is a step-by-step process. Perfecting oneself in order to reach the level of connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
not only the pshat that he was looking, he didn't want to see. He wasn't looking at God. No. But it was that he was didn't think he was Roli. He didn't think he was fit to have this intellectual connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There was nobody around. This was true humility. True humility. He recognized who HaKadosh Baruch Hu was and he's I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to have a connection with you even in this spiritual realm. And therefore he turned away. He turned away not physically. In his mind he was saying according to the Rambam I don't deserve such an intense connection with you. This whole conversation was happening in Moshe's mind. The whole conversation, four times, rejecting, and who was he talking? Did he hear God's voice? Maybe Akhanesh Baruch Hu spoke. We know B'nai Yisrael all heard God's voice. But that's the Rambam. We have to know sometimes what certain words in the Torah and in Tanakh can mean different things in different places. Just because the same word is used doesn't mean that it's the same connotation in both of those words. That's the Rambam. I gave you the Sfarno, I just put it, we're not going to read it, but I gave you the Sfarno, which we did seven years ago, um, that talks about Mo- this vision of Moshe, and he even adds that Moshe Rabbeinu, this vision wasn't his highest level. We I know, obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu reached the highest of levels. This was the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah. The beginning of it, but obviously he went Madrega, Achar, Madrega, Achar, Madrega. Okay. So we continue. He sees Hashem in the Sneh. The Medrash tells us the Pasuk Beis, before it says that Vayar Hashem, in Pasuk Beis, first it says Malach Hashem. First it says Malach Hashem. Again, what are Malachim? Good Kasha, the Ramam seems to say, right, the Ram talks about the different levels of Malachim. Levels, not in terms of physical levels, but we're familiar with, let's say, certain briyas that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created to be his shlichim. So the Medrash tells us, The Malach Hashem appeared first. Who was this Malach? Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Ze Michael. Rabbi Hanina Amar, Ze Gavriel. Oh. What's the Nikudas HaMachlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina? Was it Michal or was it Gavriel? Well, what does Michal symbolize and what does Gavriel symbolize? Right? What are their midos? And whatever their midos were, and this was the this was the kind of paving the way, Kaviyachol for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to come in in the next pasuk. First, Moshe sees the Malach Hashem, and then Vayar Hashem, and the rest of the conversation is about Hakadosh Baruch Hu bechvodu va'atzmo. Says the Shmuel in Source sixteen. Says the Shemi Shmuel. Nire pluktasam. Dine Yadua, the Yisrael Lohayeruyim Ligal, as we started off today. The Jews weren't on such a great level. Moshe Rabbeinu knew that. Akadish Baruchu knew that. We weren't on such a high level. Vahayu Bememtes Share Tuma. Ella Bechesed Hashem Yatu. Hashem took us out, so to speak, Al Shema Asid, because of our potential, because He saw what we were going to do, not where we were. If it was Basher Husham, forget it. We would not have come out. So it started with Chesed. That's why Rabbi Yochanan says, 
it was Michal, which is the Malach associated with Chesed. Haschalas HaGeula, it had to be. We didn't deserve it. Chanina agrees. They weren't right to be Nigal. But he has a different approach. Even Chesed, it wasn't enough. Even Chesed Hashem, what did we do to deserve such miracles? How connected were we to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov? Lo b'schus avosam, b'schus avos, that was a long time ago. So what's the Kaddish Baruch going to do? Even Chesed's not going to help. So you know what we have to do before we apply the Chesed? First, we have to apply some din. Gavriel. Gvura. Alken haisa atas Hashem lavo b'midas hadin al ha-mitzriyim shehezidu alehem. Machmas roa to level the playing field a little bit. I'm going to use the Midas Hadin to knock the Mitzrayim down in order for then the Chesed to be powerful enough to overcome and to give them the merit to go out. We weren't powerful enough. We weren't worthy enough to get Hashem's chesed until the Mitzrayim. Hashem sees both sides. Midas Hadin, look what they're doing to us. In other words, even if a Jew doesn't deserve it, the Yisurim that a Jew goes through stands in its stead. Putting it together, and that's what he says in the in the in the line ten. They're not arguing. First, Gavriel said, "Came to the Gavriel first Gavriel said, "Came to the Lahashbil Gaon Mitzrayim." Ula Achar Yeridas Gavriel Nishtana Take of Matzu Yisrael Veshuv Chesed. Just like Briasa Olam, all of the Machshav Hashem was going to start Briasa Olam. In the flip side, he was going to create the world, but Midas Hadin, but. We weren't worthy, so that's why he had to be Mishtati Rachamim. It's kind of the opposite, but the same idea, sometimes there needs to be a dual focus. And then the Shem Yishmuel says, as often Hasidic Rebbes do, again, this is from Tafrei Shayin Tess, Lodoros, he brings it down to us. This is a message that's Noheg Lodoros. This is how every gula happens. If we were really worthy, so then that's it. We would get it straight. But Rachman Lestan, maybe we're not always zoche. What's going to be if we don't deserve it? Hashem's going to look at the other nations using Midas Hadin. And Midas Hadin, we have, we have nothing to worry about. What we as a nation have experienced over the past 2,000 years, worse than any other nation in the history of the world, quantitatively, qualitatively, that Midas Hadin is going to stand us in good stead, which will then allow the Chesed to be able to, to, be able to kick in. That's the Shem Yishmuel, telling us how we will be saved. And people say, you know, what's going to be if the Mashiach didn't come in the days of uh, the Rambam, in the days of Rabbi Akiva, what about us? No, but look at the cumulative Yisurin that we've had as a nation. 
Look how many tears have been have been have been cried. Right? Once that gets filled up, then that's it. And finally, one last point from Rav Sternbach in the Tambadas. Again, on Moshe Rabbeinu turning his face away. Vayaster Moshe Panav. So there is, if you remember, a machlokas all the way at the beginning of Shas. Brachas Dav Zayin, whether this was something positive, that Moshe Rabbeinu turned his face away. Nechlekur Bishua Ben Karcha, Moshe Nenash, one opinion says that he was punished. Hashem says, what? Come on already. And he kept turning his face away. And because he turned his face away, Hashem punished him later and said, okay, I'm not telling you the answer to your question. Haredi nas Oh, now you want to know, but you don't want to, you don't want to go when I asked. But of course, the other opinion says, Vayaster Hashem Yipanav out of Anava. And Hashem says, okay, I'm going to raise you up because that's what you did. Venera lahazbir plukta. So what are the sides of the issue? Explains of Sternbach. Shemosher Rabbeinu Hayanav Mikal Adam. Alpnei Adam, he was the greatest of the humble. Ubischusan v'sanuso. And b'schus his anava, he was zochet to the cluster upon him to the shine. So how can there be another opinion? What does the other opinion teach us? Again, this is a machlokas anagadata, which means we get messages from both opinions. So the opinion that Moshe was humble, great, we understand. What's the message of the other opinion? Aval taromez haisa alav shenoeg ba'anava b'shlichutz shiburis u'mimayin l'kabal tafkin manag Yisrael. At a time when the tzibur needs you, at a time when Klai Yisrael are in need and in pain, that's not the time to be humble. That's not the time to be an anav. Osik b'tzarchi tzibur, if there's a position that needs to be filled and you're the best man or woman to fill that position, that's not the time to be humble. I'm not worthy. If everybody's asking, it doesn't mean right away. Remember the halachas by Achazen. You know, uh, no, not third time. But it has to be true. So again, it can't be a rejection. There's a delicate balance. You know, it can't be every time I'm asked to do something, sure, me? Yeah, for sure. For sure I'll do it. No, it has, there has to be an element of humility, but it has to be coupled with the recognition that if there is something that needs to be done, if there's a position in Torah, in Chesed, in Avodah, in, in a shul, in a community, if there's something to be done, and that's why the, the other opinion says, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu Zanava was a little bit, Hashem asked him four times. Hashem asked him four times. Finally, Hashem gets angry already. So it came from a good place of humility, but maybe that's the message for us. We have to be choshish for another psula. Ve'ain lehisatef ba'anava l'ma'it melechas shamayim b'makam shein acher tachtov. Right? We shouldn't clothe ourselves with false humility to say, "Oh, no, 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 it's not." No, not taking responsibility. Yiratzon that we all recognize the kochos that we have and the talents that we have, and jump at the opportunities that are given to us. Right? If anybody ever needs to try to get. Uh, Somebody in their shul to take upon themselves a certain position. This is the vart to say. This is the vart to guilt them into it a little bit. But it's uh, this is uh, something that we all have to take upon ourselves and recognize when Hakadosh Baruch Hu is is looking at us to fill positions with the appropriate anava. Okay, we'll stop here.